Okay, at 51 minutes past four, let's get into our NGO feature, Talking PFLAG. And this is an acronym for Parents, Families and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. It began when a mother marched in a pride parade in support of her gay son. Today, there's still a need for support and understanding, most importantly from parents. And the NGO aims to support parents as they learn more and broaden their worldview in their journey with their gay, lesbian, gender non-conforming, transgender or intersex child. Joining us to tell us more is Rilebukhile Sitedi, who is Communications and Social Media Manager at the NGO Parents, Families and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. Rilebukhile, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Well, Asanda, how are you? Good, thank you so much. Great meeting you there at the Feather Awards launch of nominees uh, announcement. I'm glad we made the connection because here you are today uh, joining us on this very important topic. Let's share more firstly about the story behind the founding of the NGO, a mom marching in a pride parade supporting her gay son. Tell us more. Okay, Asanda, I feel there's a a bit of a misconception. We are peace sex, right? which is parents, families, and friends of South African queers. Um, the organizations have similar names, so I understand the confusion. Um, our work is not necessarily far off to the organization that you were mentioning, but I'd rather tell you about ours. Um, our organization okay. was founded in 2013 for the purpose of mobilizing parents, family members, and allies of friends of the LGBTQI people, right? We explain sexual orientation, gender identity, and sexual expression and sexual characteristics to parents and allies who are looking to become advocates and promote inclusion and safety for LGBTQI people. So we mostly target underprivileged communities by engaging with those communities through information sharing events and workshops. We've partnered with other organizations like um, the Gazi to Gazi Queer Film Festival. The festival showcases queer stories, which also serve as a way to break down the societal stigmas and homophobia, because most queer stories that are told are told as if um, it's a violent thing. Even when you see it on TV, it's always never just a generic love story of people being together. It's always just around violence and it kind of perpetuates some of the hate crimes that we have in our community. Mm -hmm. Why, according to you, is your NGO, I mean, as important as it is for the community? Well, I think it's very important because every individual forces their strength from home, right? Because that's your foundation. And we know that going out to report cases like discrimination and violence is not easy especially with um, our um, police service, there's also some kind of stigma that they have towards LGBTQI people. And when you have a a support system, family that is there, as well as your community that stands up for you and forces forces for them to give you your rights as an individual, because our constitution says that we are allowed to get these rights. And just because you are queer and you love someone different and you are homosexual does not marginalize you to not be safe to not be open to be who you are. So we always want to remind families that their power of love and acceptance goes far beyond anything in the world, right? Mm. And I think our constitution, you can agree with me by saying this, it's very beautiful on paper, by saying that, oh, it's a very uh, progressive that same-sex marriage is there, 
and it's okay for people to love who they are, but it does not resonate in reality. So what we do is to make sure we are holding the government accountable by saying, you said this is how it is, but it's not that way in reality. How then can we mitigate these problems that queer people are facing? Even in school, kids are bullied. We need to understand how bad the institutionalized homophobia has gotten because suicide rates have skyrocketed, you know. Mm. I think recently we had a case of Diro who got bullied by a student teacher and he then committed suicide. And there's many other cases that have not been reported because of the support that is not there from families. So let's share more about some of the day-to-day operational challenges that you face in terms of what support you'll need as well for all of us listening. So the challenges facing the organization is mostly the issues of funding. You know, funding would then allow us to, to reach out to the rural areas that we mostly focus on because most information doesn't get there. And some of the people that are there don't have social media and money is not there for them to go and find out all this information. And even the clinics are far. So some cases where someone is born intersex or wants to transition, they don't know where to get these facilities, and that's where we come in, right? And Mm -hmm. by doing that, we need funding to save lives because people then commit suicide. People end up being um, in states where they resort to substance abuse, and it's just it never ends well when you are not um, resonated with love and acceptance and support. And it goes beyond uh, just family and friends. It, it has to be an entire community that uh, bands together. Definitely. How yes. have you managed to stay operational for all these years? Well, after having to deal with the, the complexities around religion and culture and patriarchy, because some of these um, places that we go are very rural, you know, and we, after we understand some of the challenges that we got, we push forward. We first started operating in Gauteng, then Northwest, and then Gauteng added other provinces. Each province has its own dynamics, like I, I, I mentioned before, the religion and the access to information. So then we partnered with other queer organizations to grow our visibility in other civil society organizations that manage with, um, that deal with other things that we don't have expertise in, like Iranti. They work together with Home Affairs. So for people who are transitioning, we tether them to that organization so that they can get the legal documents because we have people who have transitioned, but they don't have IDs. Can you imagine how how that could be, how yeah. challenging that is? Absolutely. Like limits you as a human being. You basically don't exist. So we always try to just join with other organizations. And before... We did not have funding. Our board members would then take out money from their own pockets to help us uh, um, grow the foundation. But now we have two amazing donors, the other foundation and Australia um, Foundation, who help us do our work. So we're always looking for more donors because I feel our work could go far beyond what it is right now. Absolutely. And let's share your uh, contacts. How do we connect with you website-wise, social media-wise? So from social media wise, we are on Facebook as Parents, Families and Friends of South African Queers. On Twitter, we are PSEC1. And on Instagram, it's PSEC underscore ZA. And our phone number is 072-818-2277. Our website is currently being um, created. So hopefully before the end of the year, we have that running.
Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks again for joining us. I think we need to have you back. There's still so much more to talk about within the, this community and the work that you do and also getting more support for you in terms of community members. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you. much, Asanda. I appreciate it. I hope a lot of people that listen got to get some information and feel free to contact us and we can help and come in with families that need assistance because we want to make a difference. Thank you so much, Asanda. And thank you for what you are doing. Please keep doing it. Rlebukile Sichedi is Communications Social Media Manager at uh, Parents, Families and Friends of SA Queers. That's PFSEC.